What up, dude, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dollars Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf. Um, Matt Kuchar. Who'd have thought? The old man. No, Eric Van Ruyen. Oh, shit, that's right. I for, I thought Kuchar had it, too, all the way to the end. Because he had it until he made quad. Oh, man. EVR. Embarrassing start to the day. Um, yeah, Eric yeah. Van Ruyen. Camille Vajegas, Matt Kuchar. If this was 2016, this leaderboard would be stacked. Um, Camille Vajegas obviously is a gangster. Congratulations <laughs> to EVR. That was an amazing story. For anybody that does not know, I'll simplify it. Basically, his best friend has cancer, and he won that event for him. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a great story. Um, again, I I wrote Kuchar because Kuchar on my sheet had a five what five shot lead going into. The 17th hole on Saturday? That would be uh, six, sir. Was it a six-shot lead? It unfortunately was because I had Oh, there you go. All right. Well, it was a six-shot lead going into 17 on Saturday. He proceeded to make quad. Um, but I already had him penciled in on my screen as the as the presumptive winner because it was so heavily in his favor. Um, all right. Well, now that I made that mistake, who did good for you? Who did bad for you? Any any highlights? Anything like anything like that that stands out for you over the week? Well, outside of physical bets that we'll get into, there were guys yeah. that really struck out, like Sahith. Um, Cam mm. Young, even while shooting a 64 on Sunday, still barely managed to finish in the top 55. Yep. Davis Riley, birdie man, missed it. Chris Kirk was out of it at even par. That was just... Shocking. Um, and as we all know, Michael Block finishing dead last or tied for dead last. But. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look awful. All right. it, it, to, to be fair, the fact that Michael Block like didn't lose out in the f- to the field by 12 strokes means that he kind of played well. <laughs> well he, he, he missed out by nine. So it's not like. Yeah, like, but yeah, but him and like seven other people missed by nine, not just him, which is kind of. I don't know. I'm trying to think positive for the guy. It wasn't that pretty, uh, but we also really told you not to not to bet him anyways. Hey, if I played if I played a PGA Tour event and I shot four over, I'd be ecstatic. I my I don't know if the club would stay in my hands on the first tee. I'd give the up <laughs> with like six penalty shots. There you go. Uh, yeah, I think Sahith was definitely the, uh, the 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 biggest surprise of the week in terms of a guy that was highly touted going into the week who ended up just not coming together. Uh, but again, top of the leaderboard was very interesting, especially if it was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go. Let's go into DraftKings and FanDuel. How'd your lineups do? How were? Uh... Well, I didn't have FanDuel because of the glitch yes. that was going on, so I only had DraftKings, mm-hmm. and that freaking dominated, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you followed along with that one instead of the bets. Um, you know, obviously Justin Saw being fourth, Kucher being tied for second, Ludwig top ten. Um, Brandon Wu, obviously. Well, all my guys made the cut, which was really nice. That was huge, number one. Um, but three guys in the top ten is just absolutely massive. And then my fan duel, I know we did one in between the three of us. Um, I did have the guy that I mentioned um, that was named Sebastian Vasquez. Um, mm-hmm. He finished tied for 38th. So if we did talk about the fan duel that I entered for the, the private one we have and some buddies, that one freaking crushed too. So it was a great week at DFS. Yeah, you you did crush it. Um, you, you were not alone. I looked at some of the the finishing results, specifically in the in the tournament that you and I are both in, um, which is the single entry tournament. And 
you finished with like 700 points, which any other week of the year has you potentially winning the single entry outright. Uh, but just based on the amount of points that everybody scored this week, you finished right around top 100 overall out of still again, happy. Again, there's like 950, maybe a thousand people in those tournaments. Um, so anytime you can finish in the top 100, you'll, you'll win a nice little chunk of money. Um, on, on my end, yeah, exactly. Uh, on my end, I didn't go quite as well. I ran into some unfortunate draws. Um, Jaeger top 20, top 40, or geez, Jaeger tied 45. Uh, Akshay Bhatia ended up finishing T10. Heath Mitchell, T38. Uh, I had Joel Damon in both FanDuel and DraftKings. He withdrew on Wednesday. Um, so I just swapped to Sam Ryder and Chris Goddard up. Um, Chad Ramey decided he was going to withdraw on the first hole right as his tee shot went, which was great. Love that for me. Um, and then Kelly Kraft finished 71st. Um, he made the cut. And then I'm pretty sure he shot like four over on Saturday and Sunday between the two days, which is tough. Um, but it happens. Uh, but between, again, like Bo Hostler, Akshay, a couple of those guys, Sam Ryder, who finished T10, I had, a, I had enough guys that I won money. It just wasn't very pretty. All right. Uh, we're going to move right along into bets. Preferably not. Um, <laughs> this is the first. What have I, this is the first week I've been down all year. It's been yeah, a first, while. If, I think first week I've been up. First week you've been down. <laughs> yeah, we flip flopped. Um, not the best. Um, there were some guys like Ludwig Kuch, sub made cut parlay 106. Imagine that as a top 10 parlay. I know hindsight doesn't work like that, but I would have paid off the mortgage. Screw the rent. Um, Lud, Ludwig top 20 sweat. To end, um, likely finish with a win. Sahith, I don't even want to talk about it. Chris Kirk, <laughs> don't want to talk about it. Davis Riley, I don't know what happened. Ben Griffin, I told everybody that was the most confident play I've had all year. Individually, I bet about five units. I'm not going to count that in our grand scheme of things because I didn't say it, but individually, I bet about five units on that. That was a nice win. And then everything else lost. Sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So luckily, only down 3.56 units on the week, which I know sounds extreme, but we're still up 6.22 up in 24. And we've still kind of in these gimmicky events for lack of not gimmicky, obviously, but lesser not fields. a lot of lesser fields, lesser characters, a lot more guys that we don't necessarily know coming into play. I think right around February is where, probably January really is when we're going to start kicking into Century, century, century. When we hit century, uh, we'll start to loop into more, uh, more common betting in the sense that we, 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 the fields will be a little bit more standardized. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Jack had a tough week betting. I had a, a decent week betting and ended up kind of working out for me. It looked pretty ugly on Thursday, but, uh, fortunately bets don't cash Thursday. They cash Sunday. So we'll take it. Um, I had Akshay top 30 plus 110. That was a win. I had Bo Hostler top 20 plus 140. That was a win. And then I had Chris Goddard up top 40 minus 115. That was a loss. Um, initially, I had Brandon Wu top 40 at plus 110. Um, I switched off of it. Turns out it wouldn't have mattered either way because both lost. Um, so it didn't matter. I went two for three. Um, I went up 1.5 units. So I'm now currently at negative point zero not or negative 0.9 units um so again i'm right at about negative one unit so i'm right back to even um and you guys know the deal with me i'm a slow starter and i finish strong that's what i've heard anyway um <laughs> going into wild card we did have a winner um justin's uh, top 20 and ron won that was a plus 360 
again, hindsight would have loved to put a little more than my little sprinkle on that one. But anytime we hit a wild card, I'm going to be happy and ecstatic. So that was awesome, especially Thursday. Um, come Sunday, wasn't too thrilled, but Thursday at least was a nice start. I was going to say, I don't think he finished as strongly as he started, but. Well, he finished like top four, so. Yeah, but I want to say he he had some low low week or low points in, during the middle of the weeks, right? Friday, Saturday. I think he shot yeah. like even par one of those days. Just like you said, tournaments aren't won on Friday or Saturday. That's okay. that's that's fair. Touche. All right. Uh, yeah, that was a nice win there on the wild card pick by Jack. Uh, I had Camp Champ top twenty at plus two twenty. Um, that was a loss, but again, more so than anything else, uh, this was a tournament that was kind of designed for Camp Champ in the sense of the course layout. So that's what I was looking at. Yeah. And then winners, um, this is going to blow everybody's mind. We each had a top 10 and a tie, or excuse me, a tied for 10th and a tied for 45th. I don't know if that's ever happened before with us, but I had Ludwig Aberg who finished 10th. He had Akshay Bhatia who finished 10th. I had Luke List who finished 45th. He had Cameron Champ that finished 45th. That is Regardless if we get a good pick or not, that was awesome to see. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those where we kind of had a nice chuckle about that on the back end. Um, again, I, I if you sit there and you finish T10 with 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 Ludwig and Akshay, I, you kind of accept it. Um, you know, you'd love for them to win on the week you pick you pick them, but anytime you can get them top 10 um, as pretty heavy favorites, those are always nice weeks. You know, you don't want to you don't want to take a big swing and have the guy finish T50 or worse kind of deal. Yeah, so. and for anybody that picked EVR this week, um, go go hit the go get a lottery ticket. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Congratulations. Hope you hope you like your six million based on those odds. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't take the same odds number again and try it this week at Butterfield. So, all right, you ready? I need to get off this week. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna go from uh, Mexico over to Bermuda. We're going to the Butterfield Bermuda Championship at uh, Port Royal. Uh, is a par 71, totaling 6,820 yards. Last year's winner is Seamus Power. Seamus Power will not be coming back because he's inside the top 50 in OWGR, so he doesn't need to come back to this tournament. Uh, just know this is one of the shortest courses on tour. With the course being in Bermuda, there actually will not be any strokes gained metrics this week. You guys kind of tend to see that when they go outside of the continental U.S. They don't carry all of that machinery with them to calculate strokes gained. Uh, but with previ- the previous five winners, we can kind of work through what we know we need to succeed at a tournament like this. Um, the winners have a combined sixth um, strokes gained putting and 13th overall strokes gained around the green um, in terms of metrics for the year. Strokes off the green is also beneficial, but not as much of a factor as most courses on tour, again, because it's only 6,800 yards. So when you're looking into the metrics, again, there is no specific number to look for on here based on what they tell you. I would look for putting. I would look for around the green. And if they have good accuracy off the tee, that's not a bad thing, basically, is what I'd be going for there. All right. Um, With that, I have a a lot of information on guys, but we'll get to them as we get into each of the names so you just want to loop into these first four guys here in the 10K range? Yeah, it's Adam Scott, Thomas Dietrich, Brandon Todd, and Akshay Bhatia. Yep, and we are looking on DraftKings just to just to let everybody know in case you want to follow along. In terms of names here, I think it's very it's a very eclectic 10K range again because it's not a strong field. Um, Adam Scott being the best golfer in the field based on prices, interesting. Um, he hasn't played since I want to say what tour so, championship. So. 
Adam Scott so played Zozo? Yeah, he finished like 46, something like that. Let me check. Oh, Let me check. So 41st. So he didn't do anything fancy, and that's why I don't remember him in there exactly. Um, he's a viable option this week. Um, this would be a course that I think could fit Adam Scott well. I don't feel kind of strongly one way or another about him. If you can get to him at 10-7, I like it. Uh, Thomas Dietrich, if you want a guy who's probably going to finish between 30th and 45th, he's your dude. Um, I think for him being the second highest priced guy, though, that's a little terrifying just because of the fact that he doesn't really have the, the win equity in the sense that that's not how he normally plays in an event like this. Um, you may wonder why Brendan Todd is at 10,300. It's because the guy legitimately only puts. That's all he's good at, arguably. And he has won this tournament in the past. So he's got a lot of that going for him. Um, I'm avoiding him this week. I'm going to let somebody else pick him and let him beat me that way. And then we have Akshay, who is my favorite choice at 10K, just based on recent form. He also plays really good on coastal courses. Yeah, I think that for me, um, Akshay and Dietry are the two guys that I'm going to target heavy in this category. Yeah. Akshay has proven in these coastal courses that he can go deep and go under par. And this is, in fact, uh, in the area of where he got his first win. So I think there's a lot of confidence coming into these type of conditions. And Dietry has been pretty much a model for consistency. I think outside of one round every single week, he's in he's in contention and one round will kind of thwart that. So I think if he can put four good rounds together, I think we'll see him final page of the leaderboard come Sunday. Um, just like what you said, you never really can count out Adam Scott. Guy's been yeah. a dog for 20 years in the PGA Tour and the World Tour. Yep. Um, and then Brandon Todd, it's basically he's going to be a middling player from T to fringe. And then putter, he's going to be a stellar competitor. His only event this year has been the Fortnite where he finished sixth. I don't know. It's going to be, it's that one is so hit or miss because statistically it all lines up, but I'm 0 for 2 on statistics this year. I'm picking guys like Bo Hostler, where he killed me on that one, and then Sam Ryder at the Zozo. Yeah, if you're looking just at like straight putting statistics, you're going to want Brendan Todd. Um, but again, there is no ability to really rely on him here. He's a lot like a like Davis Riley from a few years ago, or like Montgomery to kind of start last year, where like he has these opportunities to be very streaky, dependent on, you know, recent form as well as uh, the metrics of the course. But, but, but a guy like this, I'm okay letting somebody else take the chance. I don't, you can take Dietrich or Batia and they can be more or less identical to him. And considering they're basically all the same price, I don't think there's any crazy statistical gain you'd get from Brennan Todd. Um, I, I agree with you. I think Dietrich and Batia are probably the two guys that I would go to in this range. If you wanted to top my, my rankings one to four, I'd probably go Batia, Dietrich, Scott, Todd. I'm um, 100% in agreement. If you, if you, if people are in the, you know, that are listening, get mad at me, you can swap Scott and Dietrich and I wouldn't hate you for it. Um, I just think based on the fact that Dietrich's played a lot more this fall, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. I was 100% agreeing. So I think it's Batia, Dietrich, Scott, and Todd. I'm not going to be mad. I think I think this category is going to be a flip or a flop. There's not necessarily yeah. anything I'm, you know, like how you say it, you know, Augusta's super course model. You never can count a tiger out like that. Yeah. This is going to be a weird event. And mm -hmm. if you skip this, fine. If you got three of these guys in there, fine. I think it's going to be a very middling week for a lot of people. It's going to be scary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, with with those four done, you want to get right into the 9K range? Yeah, Lucas Herbert down to Gim Reaper, Doug Gim. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a fun range for sure. I'm going to start off with Lucas Herbert. 
Um, so this guy basically lives for off the tee and putting. He ranks top 30 or better on tour in both statistics. And much like last week when I kind of talked about Champ, uh, Cameron Champ being a fit for the previous course, um, this is a course that's basically designed with Lucas Herbert in mind. Um, the, you know, he's got the distance off the tee. He's got the putting, and that's really the important part. So if you can't get to the guys in the, in the 10K range or maybe you don't want to and you want to start with two 9K guys, I love Lucas Herbert this week. Um, the other option, if you wanted to go maybe a little farther down, go back to Jack's guy from last week, Ben Griffin. Um, he is a top 40 putter on tour, and he's coming in on form, making four of his last five cuts to start the year, and he's got three top 25s or better. Um, he also finished third here in his lone start last year, which kind of gives him that opportunity to continue to grow upon it. So, again, he's a combination of recent form plus course history. Now, again, not that much course history, but it's still there. Um, so, yeah, I think those are really kind of the big two that stick out for me. Taylor Pendrith could be interesting. Um, the big question with him is going to be accuracy. Yeah, I think I like the guys that you had mentioned. Speaking of accuracy, one of the guys I really like in this category is Alex Noren. As you know, off the tee, he's a sniper. Um, he has five top 25s in the world in the last couple months here. I get on the PGA Tour, his statistics have been a little scattered, um, but I think this course may suit him a little bit more in his lone trip in Bermuda. He finished tied for 15th. So I think he's got maybe a little confidence getting the ball in play. And I think that he can get um, some good stat. Again, I'm not saying top 10 by any means, yeah. but I think here he can definitely finish inside the top 40. Yeah, Alex Norton is a great putter. Um, now, when he finished 15th here, he was in the middle of an absolute heater. Um, he had rattled off like eight or nine straight top 40 finishes, I want to say. If you remember that properly, I think that was, what, 2021, 20, into the 2022 season for him? Uh, 2019. Was that 2019? Holy shit. Um, yeah, so again, he was in the middle of an absolute heater at that point, and it's not quite the same now. Uh, but I totally understand if you want to get back to Norton there. And again, he is tied 23rd on tour and putting. Um, so he would fit the mold as well if you didn't want to go like an Herbert. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Taylor Pendrith um, as well, going back to him, he did it here. I think he finished, what, top five, top 10 in his debut. And he kind of, I think he holds the course record. So there's a guy here that you could really get at. I want to say actually, uh, maybe Brendan Todd holds the record here. I thought it was Taylor Pendrith, but maybe I'm thinking of a different Bermuda course. It, it could it, it could be Pendrith. I could be uh, I could be misjudging it. Uh, do you have any thoughts on going back to Luke List after the win? Uh, yes, I think that he handled his victory very well. But I also yeah. think that, as we've talked about with a lot of guys on tour, and we'll continue to say it, outside of Tony Fina, who's proved he can go back to back on multiple weeks. When you have a victory, it gets to your head, regardless of if you want it to or not. And I think that he had a you know good event. I think it was the Shriners where he finished top 20. Yep. And if his hiccup is 45th, good for you. He made the cut. He got four rounds. 172 kind of thwarted that top 30 performance. Um, I think at 9,200, he's arguably got a better chance than some of the guys on top of him. Um, so I like his chances, especially for a DFS play. Yeah. Um, the other guy that we kind of haven't mentioned, we've mentioned almost all the other names in here, is uh, Lucas Glover. Um, he, he's only had one start since since last year, and it was, what, last week, two weeks ago? And he didn't play that well. I think he was T-50, maybe T-45? 59 last week. 59? Okay. So it's it's nothing where I'm really standing out with him where that I, I would need to throw him in a lineup based on how he recently played. I'd love to see him play well first. 
before I get there. That's really yeah. the important part with him. Uh, any thoughts on uh, the Game Reaper? None. I think okay. he um, is very volatile. He has 17, then 79th missed cut, 69 missed cut, and then a 15. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm a little scared. I, I agree. Well. I agree. I think it's not worth it. I think there are better names around him. I was just curious if you had any thoughts. So, 8K range, we go. Alex Smalley at 8,900 to MJ Dafu, as you had said previously. I pity Dafu. No, I love uh, I love his name. I know I say it wrong specifically for that reason, but it is great. Um, all right, I'm going to start off here with Alex Smalley, 8,900. Uh, Alex Smalley has finished tied 11th and tied 12th here on his last two years. He's also come in on decent form with two straight cuts to start the fall, and he's got one of the he's one of the highest ranked players overall in the field. He is 75th in OWGR. Um, there's not a lot of guys that are going to be ranked higher, so if you just want to go based on a guy that is going statistically to play better golf than 95% of the golfers in this field. Um, Alex Smalley is a good option. And again, in the 8K range, he can be your third guy if you get fancy. Otherwise, he can still be your second. Yeah, I think for me, um, I know I kind of dissed Doug Gim, one of our hometown yeah. guys. I'm going to go to our other hometown guy, Nick Hardy. Nice. Um, finished top 25 last year in this event. And last week, he also finished top 25. He's been kind of hovering around, I know, some of the – well, he's made almost every cut outside the Fortnite where I think he finished dead last. But yeah. ever since then, he's been really kind of flirting with these top 40, you know, top 45 finishes. So I think at 8,600, a guy that can really get the ball striking, if his putter gets hot, I can really see him climbing up a leaderboard as he's proven he can do. Yeah, um, I know Nick Hardy's pretty average putter. He finished, I think he's 90th on tour and putting. Um, so he's, he's kind of middle of the road, and I don't blame you for going that route. Um, he's pretty well known for his approach. He's got solid putting, and those are really kind of his two big things. The other guy I will mention is Brandon Wu. Uh, he's at 8,100. Uh, he's got middling putting statistics, but he's also a consistent golfer who's made each of his last six cuts dating back to June. Um, so, again, the guy hasn't missed a cut in a minute. He also finished T34 and T35 here. Um, so I like him over a lot of the other more volatile option, these options in the 8K range. Um, you know, there were a few guys I initially looked at, like a Stuart Sink. But Stuart Sink hasn't played well on this course since 2008. Um, so it's just not something that I really need to get to with Stuart Sink. He also hasn't, he hasn't made very many cuts so far to start the year either. Let's oh, be clear the Champions Tour. Yeah, outside of Champions Tour, I guess. So that's the other part of it. I love Stuart Sink. Um, Dylan Wu is a very interesting one because he sucks this year. Um, <laughs> but last year, he was kind of a workhorse for a lot of made cuts. So 8,200, I think you can kind of potentially get away with maybe getting there. I'm not saying to or to not because I'm terrified. And I don't know if I can get there myself. But just speaking, he was a cut machine last year. Uh, but last guy I'll mention, uh, Vince Whaley. Vincent Whaley, he technically changed his name. He's made a ton of cuts since graduating from the Corn Ferry and getting all these exemptions. Um, three out of his four of the last PGA of inside the top 30. So if you're looking for a guy at 8K and has got a really good shot at making a cut, a really good shot at getting some placement points for a DFS, I think Vince Whaley is going to be a pretty good guy for DFS, all things considered. Yeah, your Dylan Wu play, um, he is 39th uh, on tour in, in strokes game putting, so he's not an awful option if you want to do that. And then, yeah, Whale, Whaley's kind of in that up-and-coming choice on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. Sorry, at 8K, I don't need that either. 
Um, I would avoid Davis Riley, too volatile. I'd avoid Ryan Palmer, really volatile. Um, I thought I saw Mackenzie Hughes with Drew. I might have been seeing some things. Um, I would keep an eye out regardless this week. There's going to be a lot of lot of withdrawals. Um, again, I think EVR is already withdrawn, and they, they already took him out of the field on this. Um, so so be advised that when you're going through these lineups, you might want to really check again Wednesday afternoon, make sure that all of your guys are, are still in the field, um, just because this is the kind of tournament that that'll go through a lot of uh, alternates. So 7K range. Yes, let's do it because there's a good a couple of good guys in here that I may target and may tell you not to target. But Peter Quest all the way to and this is a deep category is always Brent Grant. Hmm. So I guess I'll lead this one off if you want. I'll lead the dance. Go for it. Go for it. Let me tell you what. There's a couple of guys in here that I, I want to target, and I'll talk about them first. And there are a couple of guys that I don't want people to target, and I'll tell about them. So the first one, Matai Schmid. Outside of the World Tour, has been as extremely volatile outside of the Andalusia Masters. I don't know how to pronounce that because I watch it on mute. He mm. finished runner-up. He's at a couple of hundreds, couple 80th, couple 70th, but he's been really, really good um, in all the PGA Tour events for the most part so far. Inside of Bermuda, three rounds in the 60s, and he finished runner-up in Spain three weeks ago, like I said. Um, but the event in Bermuda, I want to say he finished top 40. So like I said, 7,500, if you can get a guy that just makes a cut, I'm extremely happy about that. I know it's obviously it's not as flattering. Yep. 7,700, you're right around that spot. Um, the only other guy in the 7K, no, I take that back. That is the only, oh, Brent Grant. Mm. He has um, two finishes outside of 135 and <laughs> three finishes inside the top 40. I think that this course serves him a lot better where he can get a lot more scoring opportunities than anything else where the Sanderson and Fortnite, not necessarily easier courses such as Bermuda, where it's more of a resort style where he kind of dominated. Yep. So 7K, if he cracks 64th, I'm a happy man. There you go. Um, I've got a few names of some guys I like. I arguably like some of the names in the 7K range over the guys in the 8K range, um, depending on who I ask or depending on who you're looking at. Um, first one I'll go to Lanto Griffin. Um, he's made each of his last three cuts two in the top 30 and he really seems kind of healthy. Um, he had a pretty tough injury ridden season last year and he did finish tied 18th here in his lone start here in 2020. Um, so he's a viable option at 7,900. If you want to get to that, um, right under him at 7,800, we have Troy Merritt. Um, Troy made Troy has made each of his last five cuts and had a T40 here in 2022. Um, although he's not an elite putter, he really makes up for it in strokes gained around the green and off the tee, which, as I said, are the other two most important things here outside of putting. Uh, 7,400, we've got Peter Malnati. Uh, Peter has finished T20 and T7 here in his only two appearances at this course. He also ranks tied 20th on tour in strokes gained putting. Or no, sorry, he, he ranks top 20 on tour on both strokes gained putting and strokes gained around the green. He's made three or four cuts to start the fall. I think the value on Peter Malnati at 7,400 is a steal. Again, if you get a guy that makes a cut at 7,500, you're thrilled. I think he's that guy at this range, for my, in my opinion. Um, last guy I'll mention at this range is going to be Kelly Craft, 7,200. Um, he's the 44th-ranked putter on tour. Kelly is also 5 for 5 on made cuts to start the year. I talked about him last week when he was 6,700 in an arguably stronger field. Um, they only bumped him up to 7,200. And again, 
a very weak field. Um, he's not going to be a flashy player, uh, but at 7,200, you don't need flash. You need mid cut. That's fair. Um, I like that. Some of the guys that you mentioned, I also like, you know, Lanto Griffin was my notes, but uh, one thing to consider, he does have two injury designations. Um, he has a back injury and also more recently talked about a rib injury. Not it's, too great for golf, but I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, and, and and the important part is that he's made his last few cuts. Um, obviously, he's one of those guys, if you go down that route, you'd, you'd want to keep an eye on him throughout the week, make sure that there's no ailments. Um, so if you're if you're hoping to just plug something into a lineup and not worry about it until next week on Sunday, um, I would go an opposite route from, from Lanto just because you don't know, you know what's going to happen to him come Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning. Yeah, um, going over it again, there are a couple guys that I – do not want to see. Mm. Um, number one, I don't know where my, I, I can't see it on my end. Um, Kevin, you is a scary one. He's one for five on cuts and 7,800, 7,800. Yep. No, I'm Oh, sorry. I was talking about something else. Yeah. The only one he made was 59th. He has no placement points. It's very scary. CT pan has a tremendous. Yeah. Kevin Yu is also the 187th ranked putter on tour. The only guy he beats is Brandon Matthews, who makes one out of every 20 cuts. So it it's it it, it equally gets worse the more you look into Kevin Yu. Yeah, but Kevin Yu's so fun. Um, no, I was kidding. Uh, CT Pan, um, he has a crazy back injury that he's trying to fight through. He's withdrawn. I want to say twice this year um, already, which is really scary. Yep. Um, Zisheng Dao is another one of those guys that's very volatile. He has two top 15 finishes, but also three missed cuts. It's kind of just scary. Um, you could take a look at a guy like Ben Martin, one for four on cuts, has been really trying to work on a lot of portions on his game. I think he's just in a really interesting spot. Um, those are just some guys that I'd probably steer away from. Yeah, uh, I, again, I think the 7K range is really going to make or break the uh, a lot of people's lineups, depending on which route you go. So I would recommend trying to go for one of the, what, seven guys that we talked about between two of us. Um, yeah, into the 6K range we go. Yeah, good luck down here. I know this is still a PGA, but what's going on? Let me preface, I know this is a stretchy, stretchy, stretchy 6K category. I'm not advocating. Brian Gay which I know if you said, I haven't heard that guy's name since 2004, I can't blame you. The last couple months in the Champions Tour, this guy has dominated. Um, his worst finish since August has been uh, 30th in the Champions Tour, which is pretty good. This is a shorter course. This guy loves Bermuda. This guy lives. Um, he has T3, a win, two other top 15s, and his scoring average is 67.5 at this course specifically. Probably not going to do that again this year, but if he can finish at, you know, a scoring average of 70, that's a made cut. So I'm giving him some leeway. If you're looking for the most risky, rewarding DFS play in history, I don't know. Brian Gay, Fountain of Youth. Here we come. I'll, I'll say this. Sometimes after you eat a really big meal, you need the you need the stretch. You know, the stretchy pants work better for you. So maybe maybe Brian K is an option for somebody up there. Um, I'll mention 6,900. Harrison Endicott is somebody that is a le- legitimate PGA Tour player that I could see on playing in a lot of fields. I'm just going to say it like it is. You know, he's four for six on his made cuts so far to start the year. 
uh, three of them being on the PGA Tour at the Shriners, the Sanderson, and the Fortnite. Um, he missed the cut last week, so that was why it was kind of a bad look in that sense. Um, but he's a middling putter. He's he's okay in that sense, and he's an option if you want to make cut. Although, admittedly, I like Armour more just based on upside. Cool. Yeah, that's really all I had for this event. All right. You want to get right into the uh, DraftKings and uh, FanDuel lineups? Yes, I'm going for back-to-back dominance in the DFS. Mm. I went top-heavy. I'm going to be honest. Same. Thomas, Thomas Dietrich, 10,500. Ooh. Akshay Bhatia, 10,000, right off the bat. Next, we jump up to Nick Hardy, 8,600. Lanto Griffin, 7,900. Ears are gets a little finicky. <laughs> Brent Grant, 7,000. Like I said, he has the opportunity to squeak out a cut, maybe a top 30. I'd be ecstatic. I went the 18-year-old Oliver Betchart, um, 6K. Um, it allowed me to and freed me open to get three guys that I really was targeting at the top. And I think that if this is your home course, even if you're playing not so great, either you can get close to a cut line. And I'm willing to take that gamble on DFS, where I think a lot of people are going to miss out on an opportunity to get a guy at 6K that can fight for a cut. And if he does, I'm going to be jumping off the moon. Betting on an 18-year-old to have to make a cut feels like I'm betting on 11-year-olds who are trying to win the national spelling bee. It feels illegal, but like... <laughs> not, you never, can't bet on that. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, we're, you know, we're letting it ride for Jack anyways. Uh, for my DraftKings lineup, I'm starting off Akshay Bhatia at 10,000. Uh, second, give me Lucas Herbert at 9,800. Uh, then I'm going to Alex Smalley at 8,900. Then I'm going Peter Malnati, 7,400. Kelly Craft 7,200. And Ryan Armour at 6,700. I like the Ryan Armour play. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Yeah, my FanDuel, Akshay Bhatia, Thomas Dietrich. Um, Then I flipped it. I actually went Alex Noren, 10,800. I mm. think if he can get that sniper off the tee and he gets himself into some good spots, I think he has a chance. I think he's like 41, 42 now, so I think opportunities are slimming for him. Um, and I think that this may be an event he can kind of pickpocket. Yep. Uh, I did go Nick Hardy again. I went Vincent Whaley at 9,500, and then I went Florida man Fred Biondi. Not feeling great about it, but I think if he sneaks out, if my bottom two guys in each DFS play sneak out a cut, I'm going to be so happy. It's not even funny. Oh, you might score 700 points again if Biondi and uh, and the 18-year-old make the cut. I'm just going to stick to him as the 18-year-old. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. Um, all right. For my FanDuel lineup, um, I also went pretty top-heavy. I'm going Adam Scott, 12,000. I'm going Akshay Bhatia, 11,800. I'm going Alex Smalley, 10,500. I'm going Peter Malnati at 8,900, Kelly Craft at 8,300, and then I'm going Nick Dunlop uh, at 7,800, the sophomore from Alabama. Yeah, we're relying on a lot of young guys to round <laughs> up our, our rosters here. There's going to be one good one who ends up carrying somebody's week in fantasy. Um, you just got to hope you pick the right one, basically, as funny as that sounds. So, yeah, you got to find the right Easter egg in your basket. <laughs> exactly. Into the bets we go. Yeah, and uh, first one, Oliver Betchart, top five. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. <laughs> Could you imagine? No, um, I'm going to start off. Let me just preface this. This is a week that if you don't have a lot of money to spare, do not follow my bets. Let me just preface that. Mm. Now, it's going to start off slow with an Adam Scott, Akshay Bhatia, and Thomas Dietrich made cut parlay. Top three guys, top three betting odds in the favorite. Minus 109. Each of those guys are like minus 500 or around there. 
I'd follow that one personally. I'm I'd okay with that, that one. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty good. All of our made cut parlays have been really good this year. Follow it. Akshay Bhatia, top 30, minus 163. Been playing good. good. He's won here in Bermuda. Alex Noren, top 30, minus 130. A little bit riskier, a little bit riskier. You know, he has the opportunity. Uh, Matai Schmid, top 40, minus 120. He's uh, been playing really well. Um, runner up in Spain a couple weeks ago. A couple 60s here in Bermuda. Uh, yeah, nice, nice, nice minus 120. Here we go. Um, Andrew Novak to miss the cut, uh, plus 175. Uh, we take a look. He's already one for four on the year, and the one he's made, he finished 51st in the Zozo, which everybody made the cut, so I don't yeah. even count that. Sorry, guys. Zisheng Dao, um, another one. He's two for five on the year. Like I said, one was a corn ferry where he finished top 15. And the other one was Sanderson, where he finished 12th. Completely opposite course layouts. Um, next, we have Ben Martin to miss the cut. Mm. I um, am terrified for everybody following that because he does have a 16th in the Sanderson, but he also has two events outside 100th place. So there's volatility there. There's numbers there. CT Pan to miss the cut, plus 225, like we talked about. He's got that back injury. He's withdrawn twice. A withdrawal wins. I checked the rules. I don't understand how it works, but he technically did not make the cut. So it works in the betting software I'm using, but he does have the opportunity to go deep. He went ninth in the Sanderson, so there's some game there to be scared about. An unpopular one, Peter Quest to miss the cut. Um, he's a guy that last year, especially his story is tremendous. He came out of nowhere, kind of like Tom Kim yeah. did for a couple weeks. Obviously, he doesn't have the same name. But outside of the top 25 in Sanderson, he's missed three cuts, including one was 112th. Just did not look pretty. And then the last one, Kevin Yu missed cut at plus 205. We already talked about it. he's statistically one of the worst putters in human history. And the only cut he's made this year is Zozo. Um, we finished 59th out of 80, however many golfers, 78. So I just, I think there's a lot of opportunity here for some missed cuts. And basically two of those got a hit and I'm set, baby. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at Ben Martin because I, for whatever reason, I thought he was a good putter being an Englishman. Um, n- no, he's not. So, it, it fit, I mean, the shoe fits here. Um, he's, yeah, you're right. He's missed five of his last six cuts, and he's made the cut here two of the last three years, but they're not good finishes. Mm-mm. So so if he, if he doesn't make the, like, he, again, 51st and 49th, he could very easily miss the cut on those numbers. It's not like he's finishing top 20. Um, all right, for my bets, I stuck to three, and I stuck to the eh, – you can call them safe. Actually, there, there's two pluses in there. They're really not that safe. Uh, first one, Peter Malnati, top 40, is plus 110. Um, again, I'm just following the lead in the sense that Peter Malnati is built for a course like this. Um, and then my second one is going to be Brandon Wu, top 40, at minus 150. Again, I talked about this one as well. Brandon Wu is somebody I feel pretty good about. Um, he had a T34 and a T35 here. He's also made four straight notes or four straight cuts. Um, Alex Smalley. Did I have him top 20 or top 30? You had him originally at top 20 at plus 125, but we also found better odds on our lines. He is top 30 at minus 134. Ah, yes. that's. I forgot I moved him to that. That's right. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sorry. Sometimes you know you get to update the notes. Uh, so yeah, Smalley top thirty minus one thirty four. 
Uh, so those are my three bets for the week. Yeah, and again, let me just preface my bets again. There are one, two, three, four, five, six plus. Do not tail or everybody. I mean, in general, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Mm-hmm. I had a tremendous betting year last year for golf. I can afford to do this, not trying to sound crash or douchey, but I promise you this is going to be a very scary week for a lot of players. So theoretically, I should do what Liam's doing, bet three I'm confident in, but I think there's going to be some guys that we recognize are going to miss the cut wildly, and I'm hoping to capitalize on it. Not necessarily rooting for their downfall, but when Hey, Liam- hey, 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 hey. I've bet three that I've felt confident on in the past, and they've all missed the cut. So I'm, I I wouldn't put it past me saying I picked three guys that are favorites. Maybe your method will end up being a better method after all. Um, are we going for winners or wild picks? You pick some heaters as winners. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, all right, well, let's save those for last. Wildcard picks, what do you got? Yeah, number one, Brent Grant. I did two instead of one. Uh, Brent okay. Grant, top 30, plus 425. Yeah. I think that is a opportunity, like I talked about, where he's gotten close to that number on two of his four events where he's made the cut. Um, both of those were in courses more similar to this than not. I think there's a chance there. And then I went with the Fountain of Youth, Brian Gay, top 40, plus 325. On some sports books, they have him at like plus 150. The one I'm using, I found him at plus 325. If he can just make the cut, I think there's a chance that that putter in that, you know, approximately the hole that he's well known for can get him into a spot where he gets tied for 39th. There you go. Uh, for my wildcard pick, I chose Ben Griffin top 10 at plus 250. Um, again, that's a risky play, but I'm curious on how, on how it'll work out for him. He's played well here in the past. Again, he finished third here last year. I've talked about a little bit earlier. He is a, he is a pretty good putter on tour. Um, I'm realizing more and more Jack is just going for all the guys who, who you could convince me his real name is like Joe Smith. I mean, Andrew Novak, majority of people don't know. Brent Grant, a bunch of people don't know. Brian Gay, a bunch of people don't know. Uh, Peter Quest, a bunch of people don't know. So it's going to be a very interesting week. You didn't go top-heavy, needless to say, Well, um, on your bets. You, on my bets. On your on your bets, you didn't go top-heavy. On your winner's picks, you did. So let's get right into them. Who are your two yeah. winners? Here's the thing. Let me preface this. Both of the guys I picked, yes, they're at the top of their category. Yeah. There's not a bunch of events that I can confidently throw these guys' names at as winners. So, Same. number one, Akshay Bhatia. Like I said 16 times already, I think he has an opportunity to go here, get the confidence in Bermuda. I think he has a chance at winners. He has the birdie potential. I just think as we get deeper into the year, the opportunity that he wins or is deeper in the field kind of decreases. Thomas Dietrich. Yeah, he hasn't. He's been fine. He's been great. He's been right around 30, 35th place every single time. I just, there's not another course that I can confidently go, Thomas Dietrich, you are the man. You are up to plate. You're in the hole here. This is an opportunity where he's top of the field. I think the putter can carry him. And I'm hoping we just get some two guys in there in the running. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good choice for Dietrich. Otherwise, I would save him for, uh, like Barracuda, maybe if he ends up playing there, it, it, it gets kind of ugly. Maybe Dietrich plays in like John Deere or one of those events too. But, but you're right. There's not like a ton of spots that Dietrich's going to be well in. He might be a guy that just never ends up getting bet for me based on the fact that if he finishes T30 or T40, it's never, he doesn't have that upside potential. His top 40 odds are like minus 280. There's no value there unless you're yeah, a they're... huge better. Yeah, there's there's nothing on it. And if you're throwing if you're throwing ten bands on him at minus one or a top forty, you know, in order to win a little bit of money, then 
I'm, I'm happy Listen, for you. I'm, I'm jealous. I you mean, ever seen some of those college sport. football betters that are betting like 220000 to win two grand or something like that? That's crazy to me. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me, but good for them. Uh, my winners this week, I dug a little more into the bag. Well, not on the first one, but definitely on the second one. Uh, I'm taking Lucas Herbert um, as my first winner's pick, and my second one is going to be Peter Malnati. Um, again, these are two guys that are just really good putters. So that's kind of what I'm relying on this week. Um, I don't think it's going to be one of the top four. So I'm hoping that, you know, the fifth guy in Herbert or maybe a sneaky play like a Malnati might win it. Yeah, I think this is going to be an event that either. Well, I know there's a bet for this called Big Dogs versus the Field. I know this goes without saying, but let me preface this. This is either going to be one of the top four guys or it's going to be a guy that we have seen pop up on a DraftKings three times. That's my opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the, I could totally see a guy in the low 7K range win this, um, or it might be a, a Akshay and Adam Scott runaway. And we just we just have to take the chances on that one. All right. That is it for the Butterfield. Uh, we get the RSM next next uh, week because that changes, uh, changes times. Usually RSM is in the spring. Um, but they did some moving around. So next week we have the RSM, but we will leave you at that. Everybody be safe. Don't bet more than you need to this week. Don't be afraid to take a week off. If, if, if it's re- if it's really struggling for you, because again, this is going to be a tough week, but let's go out there. Let's win some money. Have Hopefully we hear a tiger announcement the next week. <laughs> oh, there you go. Deuces.